Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. But I tell you what, these eight no Nolcasts, these are uh, these are fun to do, man, for a, a podcast that's seen the, the highest of the highs and what hopefully is the lowest of the lows for a long damn time. Uh, great to be back doing one that's uh, you know covering one of the more exciting programs in the country. So we're going to thank our sponsors, uh, as we always do right out of the gates. Bud, why don't you uh, jump into another prize picks conversation here? Fun times uh, as we've continued to track this all season. And at this point, uh, yeah, but it's just it's like you're educated on this subject matter or something like that. So we would have to uh, I think we'd have to lose 40 or 50 in a row now to uh, not turn a profit. So uh, it has been a fun year on prize picks, been a profitable too, but mostly just fun. Right. Uh, you know, I've had some nice ones. I don't know if you know, I dabble in the NBA myself. I'm a noted NBA, NBA fan. bud. Uh, I've I- never seen the segment talking as much, but I have. uh have a drink tonight just because it's been a been a good day been a long day uh i don't think a scotch can i screw up too much of my ideas to what took place in winston-salem on over the weekend so i cannot pronounce the name of a lot of these guys on prize picks but i can spell promo code nolcast uh and i can get that 100 deposit match bonus if it is my first time depositing to review the nolcast card uh, we did have quite the weekend again very close to hitting another 25 Xer. Uh, just barely. We went five of six. So, and that is because, unfortunately, and, and like, no no sarcasm here. Uh, you know, there's up for Tez Walker. He was released, I believe, from the hospital. And uh, I don't know if he's going to play this week or, or whatnot, but like, legit, legitimately, I, I hope that guy's okay because he's an awesome player to watch. And had he not gotten hurt, uh, I think there's a pretty good chance. That we do go six for six. Now, a lot of our people took the uh, recommendations. By the way, if you watch live, I think you have a bit of a bit more of an edge because that Keon Coleman uh, yardage number that did not last a whole long time because we have mm-hmm. you know hundreds of people watching live, sometimes thousands, and uh, you know just they they eat it up. All right, so we went. Where's our official card? I know we tweeted it out. Here we go. Keon Coleman to score. Yeah. It, it, Rocking chair, easy money. Drake May, more than 290 yards. No problem. Mm-hmm. Dom Lovett, more than 47 and a half. Absolutely. Spencer Rattler, less than 16 and a half fantasy score. He had like negative 60 yards rushing, so it's hard to get a great fantasy score when you're being sacked like seven times. That's what I anticipated. And uh, Jamal Banks, less than 53 and a half receiving yards for Wake. So uh, the one we didn't get was Devontae Walker. Again, prayers up to, to, uh, to Tez Walker. But uh, yeah, a fun week on prize picks for sure. And that was a good time. Not quite as good of a time, though, as the time that was had in Winston-Salem. I, I got to give a shout-out to the fans, man. Like, you could hear it on TV. They were mm. loud. My, my, my folks went. I know they had a great time. Like, Snuggy Hill kind of got taken over a little bit, too, it looked like. there. You, you could tell on TV. It was, uh, like, when, when the refs made some questionable calls, there was a little bit of booing. They, they tried to drown it out with music, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, tons of tons of Florida State fans uh, from the second you park your car, it was evident. And like the second I got out of the car, I'm like, oh, this is a there's a whole lot of Florida State people. And uh, I'm sure there's, you know, some more specific parking area for, you know, higher, higher booster wake park or whatever. But they basically just have the I don't know if have you been to Winston-Salem. They've yeah. just got the basketball arena parking lot there. You kind of pull in, park, walk to the game. Um, very kind of a nice very very acc-esque uh atmosphere 
surrounding Wake Forest game. But uh, nice day, unseasonably hot, but uh, a nice day on the whole, and great to uh, sit on the away side. That literally, uh, I think every it looked like every seat on the away side was taken up until you encountered the uh, the Wake student section on the other side of the you know, on the, the other side of their, the, the field there. So, um, you know, tiny, tiny stadium, but a stadium full of Garnet. Absolutely. So I'm trying to remember what game, I think I went to the game there in Oh four, um, either Oh four. It was, it was shocking here. It was a, uh, uh, it was a, a close low scoring game in, in, in Oh four uh, and FSU 20 to 17 pulled it out. I, yeah, man, the, the, the crowd support, from FSU was was pretty notable. Like we should organize a game every year where it's like the the secret takeover game. Like Georgia doesn't make a secret of it. They they go and take over Nashville for for the Vanderbilt game every mm-hmm. time. They they like they send bus you know buses up from Athens and Atlanta. They make it like a big like you know not a bachelorette party weekend, but essentially just like hey go like Country Music Hall of Fame that that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe Dallas next year. Yeah, I don't know. Dallas. We'll get to that. Absolutely. Later on in the show. Just a a dominant performance overall, man. And it really was. We we talked about this a lot. Like there are certain schools that do a really good job. But because of the NCAA's inaction on a lot of issues, transfer portal, NIL, and they basically were just like, just delay, 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 procrastinate until the courts essentially decided. I, there are some schools that I think are having a hard time competing with that. Mm-hmm. And somebody tweeted at us and it was really a comment that you had made over the summer. And I think we had discussed, you know, how many guys who would be at wake as like good fourth or fifth year players are now elsewhere, right? One one's at Oklahoma, one's at Texas. And another one is, is at Notre Dame. So I think that's kind of what you saw out there. Like if, if, if they have some of those guys who are starters on teams who are chasing New Year's six bowls, you're not winning this game by by 28, right? It, it, it's a little closer. You're still going to win, but it is a little bit closer. Dude, I mean, from the opening gun, uh, you, that is probably the most accurate preview we've ever done. <laughs> like, like I was just, I, I know the score. We didn't nail the score exactly. And we have, we have nailed the score before, right? One time. Um, I believe we got we both got it within two weeks of each other a couple yeah. years because I got the Miami score the fourth and fourteen game and then I think maybe two weeks later you got the exact score that's that's very rare. Um, that is probably what caused the turnaround. By the way, like we we should just note this right. Like that's likely what like you and I getting the scores correct is what caused this turnaround. Um, <laughs> I'm sure everyone has their their theories. Uh, so what was the score? Forty one to sixteen. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. Um, yeah. I think. What did you have? I think I had forty-one to ten, forty-two to ten, something like that. So I think uh, I had thirty-five-seven. Uh, okay, all right, a little lower. Yeah. On. Oh, if they line them up, play again, they ain't scoring sixteen. No, I man. Play. I mean, don't take my my fan card away, bud. But we watched the first half. Uh, then I went down and sat on Snuggy Hill for about five minutes just to have that experience and. uh I left at halftime, dog. I mean, the game was – I had another place I had to go. Um, it was a little bit hot, a little bit sunny, but, uh, you know, this is a phrase that's used a lot. Um, dude, they just couldn't – they couldn't block you. I mean, there was nothing that was going to happen to this game. When it was, you know, 31-7 to 7 or whatever at half, I just said, 
Um, yeah, why don't we hit the road? <laughs> so we still got so, a, still got another two and a half hours. We got to drive to the ultimate destination. Why don't we just go ahead and get this one started? And with the FSU Game Day app, uh, this is not an ad, but it is worth knowing that uh, the greatest byproduct of COVID is that all these leagues, uh, professional, collegiate, whatever, basically made all their content available to be live streamed. And, you know, you can have your game day app and ride in the car and listen to Colhane, uh, regardless of if you're in, you know, Virginia, North Carolina or whatever else. So that is a cool, nice little ramification of some changes that were made a couple years ago as to availability of live multimedia. Very cool. So uh, you have any siblings? I'm trying to remember. Only child. Okay. So there's a thing when like you're both in trouble and you think the parents are going to yell at, at the other person because they start yelling at that person first. And I kind of wonder if that's not what happened with the uh, offensive tackle situation for Wake when they got into the, the, the meeting room this week because I, I did see some interesting colors on the, on, on the grade sheet here. So uh, tackle uh, C.J. Almonis, he had a uh, he had a pass blocking grade for Wake of. 23 23 so generally i don't see anything lower than like a a 40 in an, in an fbs like power five game very rarely uh however he was not the worst tackle in this game for wake he was not the worst by half mm-hmm. because the guy who had to block um uh jerry burst actually had a 9.7. Ooh, Mr. Clapp, 9.7. Single digit. PFF grade. I, I look at a lot of grades on this, on this thing, man. <laughs> I got to tell you, I am not entirely sure. I've seen a zero before. And I think we've actually seen a zero from FSU. Like, I think. Uh, Did we not do that? A left tackle at Syracuse a couple of years ago? I think it was yeah, pretty close. Yeah, he got the zero. Uh, um, who was the who was the tackle at FSU who had the like the Pokemon backpack? We were always a little bit skeptical if it was going to work out, even though he could do like like the feet behind his head. We're talking about Jay. We're talking about the same kid. Yeah, it wasn't Jay Juwan or whatever his name was. Yeah, 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 Juwan Williams. Um, Juwan Williams. Yes, but by the yeah, I mean I can't say. Abdul Bello had the zero. Apparently, oh, Bello had a zero too. Okay, yeah, no, Juwan Williams, and uh, if the story's true, I went there. I didn't hear it, but if the story's true as to what Trickett said to that kid after he officially signed his LOI, it is uh, one of the <laughs> strangest and most interesting phone calls that's ever taken. Trickett really prided himself on uh, the second that fax came in, he was going to let you know that uh, the deep recruiting process. Anymore. I'm not your friend anymore. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It, it is interesting to be like. Um, Spencer, clap. You're going to be on Jared Burst <laughs> NFL draft video several times. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, good yeah. news is, is your, uh, your tape is going to be seen on day one. You will uh, get exposure. You will get exposure. But the it's, fastest growing brand in college football you're, is Wake Forest. You're not going to be the guy walking to the stage. Uh, but yeah, you, you will be seen. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, look, dude, just, really a dominant effort out of a lot of guys i i don't know like can you really nitpick it uh, backs and tight ends at pass protection a little bit uh, i still have like some problems with with you're allowing three ma- like three man pressures against five or six man protections that really shouldn't happen as often as it's happened but we and i think the coaches probably loves love this because they get i mean they don't love the result 
of some of those plays, but they get to nitpick it in practice and, and, and correct it because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna see better defensive lines. But I really don't think Wake's defense is that bad. Mm-hmm. Like Wake's offense is legitimately terrible. And I mean, if, if you're Fuller, I'm sure you're kind of pissed that you gave up more than more than than seven points. But yeah. Being being good at safety on a bad defense doesn't do you a whole lot of good. And sometimes when you're on a bad defense, you can actually make safeties look maybe a little bit better than they are. But three's impressive, man. Three oh, uh, pull, yeah. pulls the pin. And that play that he makes to uh, get back and get the ball up on what otherwise would have been a Darian Williamson touchdown is uh, very, very impressive. It was kids at ball, absolute ball player. So, Do you think that, that the, the, the D lineman – on the play to, to, to Kentron that gets called back for the hold that uh, erotic gets called on. You think he just guessed? I'd have to go back and look. I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to fake it. Man. I, I'm not familiar know. with this. Like m- maybe he saw something, but I, I kind of think he just guessed because it, it doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like uh, go watch it again. Let me know. What you say. I, I don't want to like pre-bias you. I, I just, sometimes football is a little bit of this, right? It's, yeah. you know, yeah. and you, and, and then just, that's a reason, like, if Georgia plays, you know, Georgia State, they're not going to win 77 to nothing. Occasionally, you're going to get a stop or a drop ball or, or whatever. So, I, I don't know. Like, I'm certainly not saying that Roddick's playing at a super high level. I, I don't believe that he is. But I don't, I don't know. I kind of wonder if that kid guessed a little mm. bit. Sure. Um, or or maybe he saw something. If he saw something, I'm sure FSU will take a good look at that and say, what? What did he see it hit this so fast? It's not necessarily mm-hmm. a play that we run all the time, that type of thing. He graded out exceptionally well, really like the whole offensive line did, uh, for the most part. So Emmanuel, you know, still kind of uh, working his way, and they're they're clearly banged up. I, I thought you got like your big guys delivered, right? You knew you were shorthanded with, with your number two receiver and your number three and four receiver, depending on where you you slot Keem. Coleman's just like, yeah, I, I I got you. Don't worry about it. I got you, Keem Benson has got to be the only player in FSU history to have an 80-yard kick return, an 80-yard run, and an 80-yard catch for touchdowns, right? Uh, the only clause I could think of is if Tarmeric Vanover yeah. ever took a reverse to the house because he, he probably got the pass, definitely got the kick, and maybe you know he did coach play for a coach who was pretty fond of requesting a reverse every once in a while and maybe he could have taken a long distance reverse at the house but that's uh that's the earliest of florida state memories for me that's the only guy that i could ever think of who, who would have done that maybe the chat will uh will will have have a recollection of that i, I just thought it was a pretty good team effort overall man you know like they uh they Benson hadn't had maybe the year that he thought he would uh, coming back, but, and I'm not negating, I'm not trying to, but he's done a lot for himself on a Sunday evaluation based off how he's caught the ball this year. I mean, he is, he's made a a significant improvement there. Uh, And he's gone from a guy who you didn't necessarily, or I don't know, maybe it's just small sample size, but you didn't necessarily love the idea of throwing to, to a guy that's, really worked on his game and developed his game when it comes to making himself a better pass catcher. So credit, credit to Trey there. Carlos Williams is a good suggestion in the chat, by the way, he definitely had the run and I know he had the kickoff return. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did. Right. Yeah. Uh, wait, no, he, the, the kickoff return he had against Miami got called back. Yes. Which is, I mean, a BS flag, a BS flag, but I mean that 
say what you want about him running down the kid in the national championship game. Dog, watch that kick return. Yeah. That's as fast as uh, other than I'd say that and Lavernius Coles are probably the two fastest people wearing garnet and gold that I've ever seen. And Carlos Williams reaches a top speed on that kickoff return that looks kind of CGI-ish. Uh, 20 other elite athletes on the field, and that dude's moving at a speed that nobody else could could imagine they're getting to. Totally. Whitfield is is probably a close third there in terms of how it looked. Like, I, I, I obviously, like, we're not idiots. We have Google. Like, we understand how fast Whitfield ran in track. But, like, mm -hmm. watching it, dude, yeah, Carlos – Carlos looked looked a different uh, a different speed that day, and several times during his career, actually. So, uh, yeah, an excellent day overall. Um, let's take a moment here to thank the legendary team eight four four FSU loan eight four four FSU loan. I've used them twice. More than five hundred Dolcast listeners have as well. Why? Great service, great communication, great rates knowledge of the industry and they treat you with that nice personal touch you know for a mortgage company it might just be another loan for you it's the biggest decision the biggest expense you're going to have every month you want to make sure you have somebody that takes care of you i don't think 500 nolcast listeners and me twice are wrong so give them a call 844 fsu loan chad and shannon will take care of you you want to talk a little uh little college ball playoff rankings coming up let's do yeah are, interesting are you, uh, uh weekend <laughs> are you a conspiracy guy on this um in in what regard so i don't do the cover three tuesday night reaction show for two reasons one i'm really pretty hard and fast that that, that espn just makes it up as they go with this thing for ratings until the final one and then like it the final one is actually fairly predictable if you know what the formula is the week to week is not so i'm just they're like really you don't think this is real like no i, I think this is all just like made for tv drama product because you know, ESPN bought 10 episodes of this playoff show, so they need to sell it and create drama week to week. Um, but that's just me. And the other thing is I have softball on Tuesday nights, so I'm, I'm also unavailable. But I, I was available one night, and they're like, no, I, I don't think this is a good take to uh, to say every week. But, like, do you think these are real rankings? Because other people do. So I'm not, I'm not saying I'm right. It just that's kind of my thought. Um, no, I, I mean, look – if television's involved, there's going to be an element of television, right? Uh, to some degree. Now, does it mean that it's all the books are entirely cooked? N yeah, not necessarily, but yeah, I mean, not, not, I'm not trying to talk down to people, but what you just said, when you buy that much airtime, you, you've got to drive people to watch it. You've got to justify to advertisers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think Florida State's going to be ranked three. I would be surprised if they're not ranked uh, at that place. Maybe they're fourth. Maybe they're a, a tool of which, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that the the size and the uh, liveliness of the Florida State fan base is particularly uh, poked for media reasons. I mean, like, trust me, it's not many people that respond good, bad, or, or otherwise more on social media and other things than the Florida State fan base. And, that's a, a metrics to which, you know, people are well aware of, particularly on social media. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think it'll be intriguing. I will just say as far as like last week, we talked about some situations that I was concerned about, maybe justifiably so, maybe not. Uh, 
but Oklahoma losing made me feel a hell of a lot better. I mean, in my in my doomsday scenario, you would have had an Oklahoma that lost to Texas, and then you had Texas with a win over Alabama, who in my you know hypothetical last week would have beaten Georgia, um, and just a whole lot of confusion there that you know maybe maybe uh, a conference in your schedule hadn't otherwise collaborated with you to provide all that great of an argument and you didn't, certainly didn't get a better argument made on Saturday in many ways if you had you had one loss and you were you know trying to jockey with teams Saturday could have been de- you know devastating to to hopes of making it in but uh as long as Florida State's undefeated I think they'll be okay and uh my my biggest concern is somewhat made null by the fact that uh that Oklahoma lost last weekend so I I think like we're sort of like coming towards each other's positions a little bit. Because, like, last week I was not real worried about the schedule. This week, you know, given Miami going to overtime and Clemson, although I think they were clearly the better team, and I would make the line literally 10 again if, if they played again, given that that's, like, one of the most unlikely results based on how the game played out that you could possibly have. But Clemson seems to be really good at having unlikely results this year. More on that in a minute. Uh, but, like, them losing uh, – UNC losing again mm-hmm. sort of hurts. Louisville uh, smacking Duke around, I think actually it probably hurts you slightly. Like a, a, a short Louisville win would have been better, I think, because then the chance that Duke stays ranked is a little bit higher, you know, and maybe they'll stay ranked by the end of the year. I, I don't know. Le- Leonard doesn't look right. I think that's uh, – I think playing him was a mistake by Elko. Yeah. who I, I think is otherwise. We, don't, we try not to second guess. We try to first guess. We said it in the week leading up to it. Yeah. It is what it is. Completely. However, Oklahoma losing is a pretty big deal. Texas is only a uh, four-point favorite over Kansas State this weekend in Austin. Oklahoma is a six-point favorite uh, in uh, Bedlam against Oklahoma State. Alabama is a three-point favorite in Tuscaloosa over LSU, which implies that like they have LSU as like 0.5 points better because you're going to get three and a half for a home, you know, big time oh. game CBS in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Washington is a three point favorite at that USC team. Mm-hmm. I say all that because if I started with the fact that Florida State is now minus 270 to make the playoff on DraftKings plus 215 to miss. I mean, you're you're implied is like a 65% chance now. That's exceptionally high. It is much higher than ESPN's FPI, which uh, honestly, guys, like I think we've discussed FPI before on this show. Elevator pitch, useful tool, directionally more correct than not. When it comes to the playoff predictor part, if Allstate, who sponsors it, could have asked them to just make up complete crap and just like put it out there for clicks and engagement rank and ratings. Like they, they could not have come up with a better thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're I, giving I Georgia your, a enjoyed your tweet on this earlier today or yesterday, whenever it was, but yeah, Georgia, which could have beaten Florida by 50. If it wanted to has a 7% chance to win the national title. That's what we're going with. Mm-hmm. Like how does, I know we've had a lot of layoffs in media, but uh... <laughs> Well, their How numbers is- are are particularly like last week. Their numbers were that Georgia and Alabama had the same likelihood of winning the SEC, which was like sixteen percent or something like that. So they yeah. have some kind of interesting 
uh, algorithm towards whatever the SEC West is going to do uh, in the championship game. It would appear they uh, they appear to have tr- uh, doubled Georgia's uh, in in the last uh, last week. And after the impressive win over Florida, uh, Georgia is now up to a ten percent chance to win the national title, mm. which is cool because Vegas gives you about you know three to one, not ten to one, but yeah, you know, if, if you're just <laughs> off market by by orders of magnitude, just hit publish on that. Good job there. Anyway, uh, funny um, so look, the only team in the Vegas odds right now that is higher than FSU is in terms of making the playoff, not winning it certainly, because there's you're like fourth in that. Making it is nobody, at least on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Caesars doesn't have theirs up yet. I do think that Caesars stuff this year has been sharper and harder to beat. So I'll let you know what the Caesars one is, but it's probably not materially different. And Florida State also on FanDuel, minus 250. Georgia is minus 210 to make. Michigan minus 150 to make. Ohio State plus 110 to make. Um, I don't think you have to go undefeated to make it given the number of close games that are likely to be played elsewhere. Oregon, by the way, fifth, which Oregon looks pretty good. Yeah, Oregon looks good. Um, Good. We've got some some general momentum uh, behind that program right now. I would say good. I think we're referring to the same thing. And yes, yes, they do. They are not. uh, They're playing for keeps, would you say? Yeah. Um, Getting. Well, they're not in the SEC. They're going to the Big Ten and. Preparing themselves for such, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They they ain't messing around. Well, they got to keep landing, right? You know, um, you you play Miami, you play Pitt, you play Florida in the swamp. Those are going to be some physical games. You have to have some real toughness on a down and down basis. You're a better team than those teams. Those are not locks, but I do think, like by the numbers. You are more likely than not to go 12 and 0 now. Not like overwhelmingly likely. It's about 60%, it looks like. That's still like from a probabilistic standpoint, that's really high, guys. Really high. I don't think there's a single team out there that has higher odds of finishing 12 and 0 than FSU right now. Because Georgia is, yeah, FSU is minus 200 on Caesars to finish 12 and 0. Georgia's minus 125. So they're basically saying like Georgia's a coin flip to go 12 and 0. FSU's more of a a weighted coin flip, right? You know. But this sets up nice. You took care of business early. Don't, doesn't it feel like this team is fresh too on defense? Oh, that's another thing. I mean, I think um Look, they still got another week. I would be more concerned about Miami had they not have had they not have to constantly play overtime ball, constantly uh, be trying to win games at the last second. I mean, Miami matches up with you fairly well, particularly with what they have along the defensive line, and they're very solid on the interior of their offensive line. Um, but I do think that you know we'll see. It's a Florida State Miami game. People are going to be ready to go, uh, but I do think that. You know, you could see yourself kind of, I don't know, beat Miami into submission. That might be a little bit too much. And it's also a week early for this, but you're fresh. Miami's literally having to play all their players, every snap, every game, extra snaps, twice in a row. Um, 
I feel a lot better about that game just based off the the amount of tread that's had to be taken off that tire during the course of the regular season. So completely. All right, so just let's uh, let's keep this thing rolling. Keep watching, you know, ball games. Uh, we'll have a, a full pit preview. I, I know a lot of guys that cover pit and do a good job. So maybe we'll grab a guest this week. Um, unsure, but uh, keep it rolling. Keep it optimized in the same manner that congruity can for your business. Had two more people reach out to me, Matt. I owe you a couple group texts. I'll get those uh, out tomorrow. But more people are interested in working with Matt Lewis, and there's a very good reason why. One because. Uh, They've worked with us for four or five years now, and we have a large, active, and engaged audience. But uh, there are nobody that's had anything but great results with Matt Lewis, and and I'm will stand at the top of the hill and, and beat my chest, having worked with him four or five different times over the last couple of years. A uh, great guy, great company, uh, congruities, just the type of people that you want to partner with. Uh, and congruityhr.com is the website. Congruityhr.com backslash Knowles is the FSU specific website that they have created. If you want to hit me up on social media, I'm happy to introduce you to Matt at any time, but a big thanks to congruity and, and bud. I saw two of the home field leather jackets or the bomber jackets rather this weekend, homefieldapparel.com, Nolcast 23. You can get your discount there, but uh, despite it being, I don't know what these people were thinking, damn 84 degrees or whatever in Winston, but uh, I've seen them. The weather's changing. It's the time of year for those. And they've got a great, allotment of sweatshirts t-shirts everything else thanks to the good people at home field i mean dude uh absolutely thanks to the great people at home field also what if there are south florida listeners they trip up north north carolina they're like how many times we're gonna get the chance to wear this we know a lot of y'all have bought those using that promo code because they have sold out of some sizes so yeah, uh, i very did up connor tonight and said hey like uh can we get some more of these in because they are they're they're all <laughs> they're all about about these bomber jackets they're it's it's fantastic. I mean, look, you go to Pitt, you certainly should win. Um, you're going to North Carolina. I mean, it's going to be going to be an awful. Not that the season hasn't been fun, but it is. Uh, it's starting to get real fun, real fun. You like fun. looking forward to going to Charlotte, man? I haven't gone to Charlotte ever. I mean, Charlotte? it's not like this program's been there a whole lot recently. Uh, I don't know that I've gone to an ACC championship game, bud. Honestly, oh uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna have to fix that. I've got some spots in Charlotte. Um, yeah, yeah, because we, we go there every year for the uh, for the AC Media Day, mm -hmm. and then uh, this year the coaching convention was there too. So mm. that was uh, that was good. It, there's like a, there's a good brewery scene. There's uh, like yeah. a couple of decent whiskey bars, some good steak places, good sushi place. Uh, it, it's 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 a good jam. It, it's yep. It's a good weekend city. Like I don't think it's a city where like, yeah, I get to spend a week in Charlotte. You're like, damn, mm -hmm. I move my flight up. But like, and I'm not saying Charlotte's a bad place to live. It's actually to live there, you know, obviously, but um it's it's a good spot, man. No, a popular place and a lot of the very popular like western North Carolina breweries have started opening up spots in Charlotte as well. So uh I'm I'm familiar with the Queen City and looking forward to getting back to it. So good times. Uh when's the last time you went to Dallas? Uh, I went to what was the podcast festival last year that I went to in Dallas Pod. podcast expo or, or uh, uh, um, it was the one where Ben Shapiro walked around and everybody had to apologize or pod fest. Something oh, yeah, like, yeah, I can't, okay, yeah, yeah. can't remember what it was called, but yeah, no, I went to Dallas for that. That was where I think I had to have you call in as like a medallion member or whatever, so that we could oh. borrow a room for three hours. Like, no, I'm not selling drugs. No, I'm not renting 
you know, people by the hour. I just need to do a podcast. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, the Marriott, whatever it was, that doesn't, yeah. doesn't love doing yes. the hourly hourly room rental. The hourly room. <laughs> like like it was like a conference room. Like I'm not hosting a conference. Like I'm, I remember it was like it was like it was like three or four k. I was like I'm not reserving. A conference yeah, no, room we're not. We're not. We're not getting like, a, a yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, good times. Yeah, bill it, bill it to legendary congruity, and just we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. got to get the pot out on time, right? <laughs> um, did you see this schedule? I did, I did, man. Trips to Dallas and Dublin in the same year that could be that could be an awful lot of fun. Save uh, save your money once you get done following this team around in the postseason, I guess, because uh, next year there's going to be so was it Duke, SMU, um. Obviously, got the neutral site game in Dublin. Yeah, you uh, didn't get to sit to California, which honestly I thought you might, just because you know you've uh, you've made so many friends at the home office. Other than hundred percent go twice. <laughs> um, I look. I know people are saying you got all the toughest teams. A, we don't really know which teams are going to be like for sure tough and, and which won't. Right? It's. It's you, Miami, or Clemson for the league next year, almost certainly, because those are the three teams, and, and maybe, maybe outside shot of Louisville, depending on, on what happens. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Atlanta. So, yeah, man, Atlanta and Dallas. I mean, that's that's uh, no Georgia Tech in, in Dublin. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, what the? Yeah, what? what yeah, so it's yeah, at, at at Miami, it's technically at SMU. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So you only play three true conference road games. Miami is kind of a conference road game, but it's also kind of not because FSU fans take over like half the stadium. You know, SMU, like that could be a good takeover spot, man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Duke, we'll see if Riley Leonard stays and if Elko stays and all that stuff. That, that, if he does, like that won't be a, a, an easy game, certainly. And, and you, you need some challenging games. Like, like wins are great. Blowout wins are, are, are great too, but like you kind of want to have some challenging games. Home schedule is uh, uh, you're probably a massive favorite in two against Boston College and Cal. Clemson, that we'll get to Clemson in a minute here. I know we've teased it a couple of times. And North Carolina happens to lose Drake May, and their uh, their defensive coordinator has given up 77 points in two weeks to Georgia Tech and Virginia. So I don't know. You do get Notre Dame, obviously, next year, and you get uh, UF in and doke so so you got notre dame as a home game as well Oof, you do next well, yeah, year i think notre dame's on the road isn't it okay uh i was looking at the conference schedule but yeah uh I was, you, you, yeah no i mean you you as i imagine not that you fully get to dictate but being that you're demoing you know a third of your stadium next year you would not want a home schedule with clemson florida and notre dame uh that's it is at Notre Dame, correct? Yeah. Okay. I, I Good was deal. Pretty sure on that. Sorry. Uh, oh, Colby Jackson says, "What does it mean FSU is minus two fifty to make the playoff?" Uh, sure. So, great question, um, Colby. Basically, when I say they're minus two fifty to make the playoff, if you wanted to bet on FSU to make the playoff, you'd have to put down two fifty to net a return of one hundred. Right, so you'd post up two fifty at the counter. FSU makes playoffs; they hand you back three fifty. Right, so you know it's implied odds are like you know over sixty percent, obviously, just to to put it in in uh, kind of 
layman's terms there. I, I appreciate it because not not everybody you know speaks that language. I I, I look at the odds. I'm like, okay, like that's that seems fair. That seems you know unfair. That that, that type of thing. Uh, who will be Notre Dame's quarterback? Says Bill. Good question. Have you taken a look at who the transfer quarterbacks might be out there? Because I did this exercise today. I am uh, never, never. I'm very skeptical um, about some of these quarterbacks who could hypothetically be in a portal, right? Um, so I'm not going to read off anybody who I think is going to go to the draft. Like Michael Pratt has a chance, but he also could just go, you know, could go pro. I don't think the Salter kid at Liberty really fits anywhere. I'm just going down the list of QBR nationally. Uh, I don't think the Jalen Rayner kid at Arkansas State's like a big, big time kid. Brady Cook's a system guy. Jackson Dart's probably a system guy. Don't really think you're a major threat to steal Quinn Ewers, so I'm going to go ahead and skip over him. Florida gets Mertz for another year. I assume Van Dyke goes back to Miami for another year. We'll see. Fafita, a kid at Arizona, is nice, but he's like five foot nine. Um, I mean, we're down here past the first thirty guys. Chandler Rogers at North Texas, I think, is a guy that will get some some uh, some looks. He's played really well for them this year. Uh, North Texas kid. I mean, TJ Fenley's a system dude. Cam Ward at Washington State, potentially. Like, I think he's got some some juice. That, that could be a name. But man, I'm down here to like the 40th guy in QBR overall, and uh, that's it's kind of slim pickings, man. Like I don't know that this is going to be an amazing year for the transfer portal for quarterbacks. There's just not a lot of guys at the high G5 level or like the low P5 level who are lighting it up, right? Um, you know, Cam Rising, I guess, says Gabriel in the chat. Yeah, that's that's another. I, my my point is like we really don't know who's going to play quarterback for for the Irish or for FSU or for anybody. Um, but if you got some guys on your roster you like, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, just, I don't know, like it's not a great quarterback year maybe, so far. Maybe some guys will emerge. Certainly some backups who miss out on jobs uh, will. But I no, man, I'm, I'm excited about this schedule. Like I think this is a – it's a schedule with a lot of games I, I will be excited to see. Like SMU to me is the – Florida, Notre Dame, Miami, Clemson. I think the game at SMU is your fifth toughest game. SMU mm. has some real players. They have some real NIL money. Like the defense mm. they've assembled in the portal is kind of dominating the American this year. So, um, yeah, no, SMU is not not messing around. Uh, they're they're in. They're committed. They do everything they can to uh, get off to a strong start. So, one hundred percent. Now, a team that is not off to a super strong start uh, this year, they, they could have done a little better, is uh, is Clemson. Did you happen to watch Dabo Swinney's call-in show tonight? Uh, I didn't watch it. I did see some of the quotes tied to it. I mean, it's um, – I love this sport. I'll talk to you off air about that. I mean, I'm not trying to be a, a pompous ass, but there's a couple – I've heard a couple of – you know, look, to – to be like oh there's dysfunction behind the scenes no joke dude you know i mean this is a a program that thinks they're you know gonna go to the college football playoff that's what how they recruit kids that's i i'm just hearing some very similar 
stuff that I've heard at Florida State before when it doesn't, when it's not going well. And yeah, I think Clemson's Clemson is a tough place. They're, they're legitimately going to be, you know, being bowl eligible is by no means guaranteed. Um, they're going to have to try to try to get it together. And, um, you know, Dabo's going to have to make some, some changes. I mean, I think you were uh, one of the leading voices nationally to sound the horn on some of the hires that he was making as far as what their background was and some of the lack of, of just a resume and not that, you know, everybody needs to have a, a resume, but you can't, you know, nobody like somebody's got to have a resume, you know, uh, besides just your offensive coordinator. Um, I was driving around on Saturday night and YouTube is a, is a glorious thing for discoverability and it picks up on what your watching habits are. And it knows that I like to watch instant reactions of teams that are having a tough time. And it recommended two straight Clemson pods to me, one of which I've never heard before, but it was, it was funny. I mean, I'll, I'll juice it up for the guy a little bit, but he was like, our offensive coaching staff. It's not an offensive coaching staff. It was a bad Disney pitch that somebody actually made into reality. And then he went into like his his video, you know, his uh, trailer, his mute movie trailer voice. He's like, what if you put together an offensive staff that none of them had professional experience before? Uh, so it was, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're deep into, oh, uh, this is, this isn't just bad. This is, this is a very bad time. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Garrett Riley's probably pretty happy because he got like, well over a million dollars per year to come be the offense coordinator. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they, they do have some problems. I talked about them on cover three today and I feel like, yes, I was ahead of the curve on them needing to use the portal to cover for some holes. Like I'm still very much like, I'm unsure how much you can raise your ceiling with the portal. I'm 100% confident you can fix holes and avoid catastrophic yeah. fall off. Like you're seeing from Clemson. You right. can be guaranteed to do that. Sometimes you can walk, you can find a county sure. in, in a, you know, that, that's, that's yeah. rare, but can you make sure yeah, that you don't have just a, a grease fire? Yeah. The portal can keep you from having that. Absolutely. I, that's one reason why I think so top 15 teams from the preseason this year, when favored by 10 or more points are 83 and two, mm -hmm. both of the two are Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. 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 Now granted, like the loss they had this weekend was statistically probably the most improbable loss you're going to see all year. You don't nearly triple the opponent's success rate and lose very often and hold them to 204 yards and lose. But they did manage to do so, uh, which yeah. is... And like you said, they're they're specialists in that regard they, this year. Uh, they are. I, I kind of think they're going to beat Notre Dame this weekend. I kind of do think that. I kind of do. Yeah. yeah. kind of do. Notre Dame lost the tight end, and they don't have receivers, and they lost both corners in that mm -hmm. pit game. So... Um, so the Colin shows like somebody sounds like probably as somebody that's uh that's sandbagged once or twice in their life. Uh it sounds like you used to you used to the screen calls, didn't you, for a little bit? Uh, well, I uh I have a prank call that was consumed by more people than any than all of the Nullcast ever put together. I'll put it that way. Um and I, I don't want to go into it a whole lot, but it was political nature and I wouldn't, I'm not into politics. First job ever, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I've screened some calls too. <laughs> and I love a good prank call. Uh, yeah. Anyways, kid gets on, ask him, you know, why, what it looked like, why are we paying you $11 million if we're going to go four and four or whatever? And Dabo, uh, came, came out firing. 
So. He did. He said, your problem, you're part of the problem. If you want to apply for the job, go for it, and good luck to you. I'm not going to let some smart-ass kid get on the phone and create this stuff. I work for the board, the president, and the AD, and if they're t- tired of me leading the program, they can let me know, and I'll go somewhere else. Mm. Uh, and then mm. he, he he rambled on and talked about how he was once one of the lowest-paid head coaches because he was not really qualified to be head coach at the time. Right, uh, yes. And he, they um, had to use all the money on assistance. Uh, and then he – he later said um, – Anyway, that's basically what he said. Um, he has said some stuff like we need to clear some people off this bandwagon, mm. blah, blah, blah. Maybe it'd be good to make a little room on this. Well, I mean, he's a man of his word. He's done his he done his part in clearing some space off that Clear's bandwagon, definitely. Yeah. Uh, now, look, I, I do think, and I said this on Cover 3 today, number one, it is statistically incredibly improbable that you're going to be the number six success rate defense in the country and be like in the eighties in success rate in the red zone. Like there's nothing intrinsic about Clemson's defense that makes them that damn bad in the red zone. And there's nothing really that says that Clemson's especially bad at holding on to the ball inside the 10 yard line. Like the ball doesn't get slippier. It's just a little bit random. And it, it does suck that Clemson is having, it sucks for Clemson that Clemson is having incredibly bad luck in critical situations. Um, as a team that felt like they always kind of knew what was going to happen at times, maybe well, Brent Venables was there. Uh, it, it you know, just sometimes it's hard to create your own luck, right? Anyway, which by the way, somebody did ask me about this. Do you think that's why Jimbo did a pretty good job against Venables when he didn't have Jameis because they were not going no huddle, they were going slower and they huddled all the time. If you recall, remember when Ryan Day in the Sugar Bowl like took it to Venables at Clemson and they huddled mm-hmm. every time they went super slow and did the sugar huddle stuff? Hmm. Somebody brought that up to me. I was like, damn. That's interesting. I, I know that the the greatest irony in the 2013 game taking place where Damian is familiar with what your calls are is that Jimbo, there was a time in Jimbo's career where he was probably the most paranoid person in the industry of getting his his calls deciphered. I mean, because he worked I, with Nick. It, yeah, and I had guys who worked with him that, that he would do things that even in an industry that has some crazy people that were wild to protect his calls. Um, and I, I I will go to you know to, to my grave is a silly thing, but I will I will never understand how a guy who's that background got his play calls deciphered in the national championship game. And just, it, it's one of the few things that makes you just kind of shake your head. I mean, so. if you got a quarterback who's so damn good that he can screw around and throw bubble screens left-handed the week of the national championship game in practice, and you know, just <laughs> like, I guess you just, Oh man. Yeah. Um, I get into a false sense of security. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also said on cover three, and I think this is probably true. If you're a power player at Clemson, once you knew that they were not going to make the playoff or near your six bowl, you probably want them to lose another game or two. So you can sort of say, Hey man, like mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's not all good. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not, you could say we're a player or two away. Right. But like, we also beat wake forest by five in death Valley and Florida state beat them by 25 in wake. Mm-hmm. So there is there's some stuff, right? Um, yeah, I, 
I think he's going to be forced to make some changes. I do. Uh, he, he almost certainly is. Almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to have to – there's going to be some interesting things going on because that's still a guy – and I understand why, but that's still a guy that recruits to kids telling them that they're, you know, going to play at the apex of the sport. And I wouldn't wouldn't go away from that. He's, he's a good recruiter, and I've had people even recently still tell me that Dabo's a very impressive recruiter, you know, good at it. Uh, but that's – you know, coming off a year like that, it's going to make you make you change some things on a variety of fronts. So interesting to see how he handles that. Completely. Um, uh, oh, certain ass, her uh, her bud, her Gene Chizik is a big fan of you. Should give you a shout out for how good that UNC defense is looking. Yeah, I have this uh, tweet say from Chizik where he's talking about how like NIL is the downfall of America. Mm. Okay. I'm like, yeah. yeah, this guy's making more than a million to give up yeah. 77 points to UVA and Georgia Tech. Yep. And has one of the better linebackers in the conference, if not in the country. I mean, yeah. you, the D line too. Yeah. D line. I mean, we talk about quarterbacks getting wasted all the time. And, and I know people are, you know, that's fresh in mind with both USC and the program that we're talking about. But uh, there's, there's some legitimate talent on that UNC defense, and they can't stop Georgia Tech from running the ball. It's, it's wild. Wild, but yeah, no nil is to blame. You're right. You're right. I would, I would say so. Certainly, the all, all the evils of nil. Uh, Logan has an interesting question. Uh, high substitution rate, given the image of this team, isn't as dominant as it can be. Is there another LSU type win in the tank for this team? Well, uh, like LSU type score, or because like let, let's recall, I I had a call with somebody tonight. We we're talking about rankings and power metrics and, and like the true talent of a team and you know I, I was like look Florida State did hold LSU to 17 you know before garbage time and he's like yeah but like what what was their expected points like that that's fair you know like you did get two massive red zone stops expected points probably like 24 26s you know so if the question is do I think you can beat another like top 10 level team 45 was it 45 17 when 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 mike put the backups in mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. an improbable result right if they played lsu again i wouldn't predict 45 17 you know just like that's you played exceptionally well and also like got the right cards at the right time like blink neighbors falling down on the route and you know uh green picking it so yeah uh, but like do i think they could snowball a team absolutely this team has got some serious weapons, man. Like they, mm-hmm. you got to think they're going to land a couple knockout punches a game in, in most situations. Yeah, and not trying to make too much of one player, but Daryl Jackson in the playoffs is a is a exciting ingredient to to add into this equation. Um, but have you made your you made your hotel reservations for the Miami weekend? I have not. Need to. Oh, uh, they are pretty well, pretty booked up. They are uh, disgusting, but. To that end, uh, I would make reservations for our good friends at Charlie Park as well. I've, I've got a couple friends that I'm trying to get in uh, various times throughout that weekend. And when you go and you look online, uh, go ahead and make them if you want them. So that's a uh, Miami weekend's going to be wild in general. Um, I know plan, plan accordingly, plan early. Yeah. What'd you say? I said we know the owner, though. Like, yes, I, I, we do know the owner. I think we'll be okay. Um right. But I would I would encourage you to plan ahead, whether it's Miami weekend or not. Charlie Park, top 
top of the the class when it comes to Tallahassee uh, eateries, bars, uh, truly a place unlike any other. Right there, looking over Cascade Park, next to the AC Hotel, Charlie Park Rooftop Bar. Thanks to Matt Lewis, to thanks to Matt Thompson, and everybody on the uh, For the Table Restaurant team for the support that they've given us for damn near a decade now. Uh, C Fontaine seven days says, "Bud, if we can't block UGA or, my, or or Michigan, are we better off just missing college football playoff like 2014 TCU than actually making it?" getting exposed like 2023 TCU cost benefit, which is better scenario. No, you want to make it like, there's no doubt. Also you're, I think you're uh, probably a clearly better team than that TCU team was last year. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, sir, I mean, they absolutely. got a lot of guys drafted. They'll probably, I think they'll have more guys drafted off that team than FSU will, but maybe not. Like I, I think you have. Some You've got really some top players. end pieces that t- the twenty three TCU doesn't have. Yeah. Uh, look, you take your chances. I, I'm, I'm not. Georgia's also not as good as they were last year. Like Georgia's yeah, still. No, really they're not good. as good, and I don't. I think if you make the college football playoffs, this fan base is ecstatic. You know, yeah. you, you go there, you roll the dice. You, you're either going to what uh, New Orleans or LA. I mean, this. Yeah, yeah. Let's you, do it. You do it. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even win the game. So. Yeah, you. you you want to totally uh, also like look stuff does happen in the sport just because you'd be an underdog does not mean you couldn't win the game like is it likely that you'd win the game it's not likely but it's not impossible right there's probable improbable possible yeah. impossible i think you want georgia to win out i think you want georgia to be one you to be two or three and yeah. catch them in hey stuff happens Catch one, them, catch them in the finals. One weird thing I did pick up on that broadcast. Did you watch Georgia Florida live or did you just watch highlights? I've just watched the highlights. Yeah. Go back and watch TV copy. I might be crazy on this. I might be hearing things, but I was picking up on an interesting vibe about the future availability of Brock Bowers. Hmm. Okay. Several times in that broadcast, and I don't know if they were trying to imply this. I think they were, especially because I work. You know, for CBS, we're very careful here. I think they were basically just trying to to make sure that, like, if that was the last Georgia game that they did until the the SC title game, which is possible, it is. I'm not sure. Like, I think they wanted to make sure they appreciated Brock Bauer's career, mm. but they did couch it twice in, like, and if that's the last time we've seen Brock Bauer's, blah 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 blah. That's just. It sounded interesting in my brain. I don't know. I, Maybe I'm just hearing things. I'm watching like five games at once, you know, in that 3.30 window. But, man, I'm uh, – I don't know. Like, they look really damn good. Uh, yeah, look, Bowers makes that offense go, but yeah. they've just got guys. They've got pieces. The uh, the clip that you and I were looking at is a great example of that. Freshman. I mean, they're yeah, they're not playing some of their better linemen, and they've still got just bodies out there that are doing just – whole bunch of elite piece, pieces of clay uh and they're they're pretty decent at developing them so yeah uh i mean, I mean look dude we're eight no talking about oh damn what if we get georgia in the final <laughs> what, what, what if we right. play for the friggin national championship and have to play georgia uh okay yeah yeah let's 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 try to figure out what might happen there incredible yeah incredible. like it if we do that big like the biggest where he's going to be like dinner reservations and flights, you know, it, it, it yeah. I, 
if that's your worry, your worry is like, man, yeah. One of these two, one of these two teams mm-hmm. that will have like every single starter drafted, and I guess with with Michigan, maybe a lot of the backups too. They could be a problem. No shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. yes, they could absolutely <laughs> be a problem. Now, your D line could be a problem for them. Their yeah. D line will be a problem for your O line, right? Yeah. Like PFF came out with their top two hundred today. FSU had zero offensive linemen and zero linebackers in it, right? I think there's a chance they get a linebacker drafted. Linebacker thing can it surprise me. Yeah, I I think you will get a linebacker drafted. I do. I think, uh, you know, depending on what Tatum runs, he might get drafted. And I think Kalen Deloach fits with modern football in a in just a unique way. Uh, I th- I think he will get drafted. No. I I like Mike though in his, in his bag. It's like an underdog play caller role. Mm-hmm. I, I think Clawson was genuine when he's like. He's one of the best pl- like play callers in the sport and doesn't get a credit for it. And I think part of that is in mind is like they're about to kill us. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I think he's faced it before. He knows he is. Yeah. He knows he is. And and the thing, and we're just bouncing all over the place here, but uh we are. This is you know, the thing about being up in the manner that you were at halftime and stuff, like Byron Turner gets more snaps. That's in, that's massive in developing a prospect like that. Uh dude, I, I know that, you know. You've got concerns about consistently grabbing high-level talent out of the high school ranks, but Blake Nicholson uh, is getting to play more and more, and Blake Nicholson's going to be an absolute ball player. Uh, there are some incredibly positive dividends to the way that you've handled some of these games so far this year. That's what I was saying about like the freshness. Obviously, like like we know you haven't you haven't you know, used that poker term "run good" on the O line as far as injuries and banged up and stuff, but you're you're not running your best guys out there either at all or for serious reps out there right now as they're sort of healing or just working their way back into game shape. And you're winning games by like 25 points in conference on the road. Yeah, I know wakes down. Of course they are. But you're still, you're like a 23 playing to a 23 pretty consistently now for about a month. Like that's a really good sign, man. Like you're not one of these, you know, Washington is probably like a 20, but last week against Stanford, they played like an eight, mm. you know, like, like you, you seem to have a certain level of play where you're pretty consistently doing it. You covered a game against a ranked team in which you gave up a, a pick six. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that has some signaling, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you give a pick six, your, your, your rate to cover is like very low. It, it's, it's almost always the death now. Um, One of the uh, the OSG Nolcast listeners, uh, Derek Blevins, asked a great question. Derek's longtime listener, longtime Patreon member, if I recall correctly. Haven't heard much chatter from Mike regarding Coach of the Year. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you're right, Derek. I haven't either. Uh, I do think that will grow, grow considerably as more and more of the you know national media doesn't just focus on, oh, well, they didn't look great in these two quarters of this game or whatever else and, and just appreciate the job overall that's been done uh but i you know i i would have thought if you were eight no at this point and playing the way that you were that you would hear more talk about uh coach coach normal for for coach of the year and other things like that and you know i don't think mike's a threat to go anywhere you just re-upped him last year or whatever but it doesn't you know if you if you just want to be purely selfish about it uh, you know, maybe him not being named the national coach of the year or whatever is a, is a is a good thing for you as well at the same time. So, yeah, I I'm trying to think like who else it would be if if DeBoer makes the playoffs, they would be in the conversation certainly in Washington. Um, 
if Kansas were to win the Big 12, I think the conversation is effectively mm-hmm. over. It'd be live. Yeah. Yeah, it should, should, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they make, they they should, they should. I mean, that yeah. is a <laughs> the Kansas unspeakably good job that he's done out there. Uh, you know, so. that guy was like a hundred and two and six at Wisconsin Whitewater. Yeah, like, uh, Wisconsin, he apparently I mean, from, knows how to coach. Well, yeah, at Whitewater's. There was a time where Hampton Sydney was really good and had a chance to maybe flirt with the idea of winning a national championship or at least playing. And Whitewater's an incredible program and really good coach. Absolutely. Um. Within the conference, they're probably going to give it to like Mike Elko if they finish like nine and three. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how that finish goes. Uh, I mean, he's certainly, you know, the Duke thing is going to live in people's head, etc. But uh, yeah, and Louisville's coach will get some some talk as well for for the job that he's done there. Uh, so, but no, yeah. Mike should get credit. We'll see how much traction he gets in some of those conversations. Uh, by the way, Boston College and the Hokies mm-hmm. doing their part to make your schedule look a little bit better because a little bit better. Yeah, go I, ahead and like, win win this weekend, Virginia Tech. Please, please. I, I tell you what, man. If if they do, although, do you want them to win? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're in if you're undefeated at this point. Um, yeah, but who do you want to play? Do you Virginia want to play? Tech. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems improbable that they're going to run the table, but I, like they are eleven point underdogs this weekend. They win this weekend. They've got a. They've got a yeah, pretty decent chance. So uh, no, we'll see. I mean, we'll like see. Jeff Hafley and Brent Pry, it's not terrible if like your fifth and sixth best win are Power Five bowl teams. Is what I'm saying. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like I should stop saying the word saying, but like that will help your resume down ballot a little bit. Like Boston College did not lose to UConn. It did not lose to Army. It's largely kind of taking care of the games it should win. It did lose to NIU at home. They're a little better MAC team, but they're still a MAC team. Like that's still a bad loss, but they countered with the upset of Georgia Tech in Atlanta. So Georgia that one Tech. helps. Georgia Tech Georgia- can beat Miami and 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 UNC, but can't beat Bowling Green at home. Yeah, they have not played a game within 17 points of the spread in the last five weeks. Everything is either like mm-hmm. amazing or horrendous. It, it, it there's just no, there's nothing at, at all there. Um, would you like to play Miami twice? No, not particularly, but. Uh, yeah. If you are as good as you think you are, you would yeah a lot I mean, closer would, to eating up the series, right? Would would be great to beat them twice in one year. Yeah. Um, How close are you to taking the all time series back? I think you're still two years away from that. Is that right? Three years? I mean, I know. Would didn't you tie it and then gave up gave up a couple losses in a row? To yeah, thirty five, thirty two, Miami. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, that'll get you. That'll get you within an opportunity to tie it next year. Yeah, I, a lot of people are saying, uh, "Are we overlooking Pitt?" I, look, in theory, uh, yeah, Pitt did beat Louisville. Like Pitt will, Pitt is a more physical team than Wake is. Okay, you, you can't just sleepwalk your way through that game. However, your defense. Oh, by the way, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm sorry. No, I don't want to play Miami twice because if you play them twice, you probably lost to them the first time. Like, 
They're oh. not going to the ACC game if you beat them in two weeks. That's so, a good point. No, I do not want to play Miami twice. And no, I don't. Bad idea. Is there, there any go. way that you can play them twice and beat them twice? I don't think so, right? You would have to have, what, Louisville lose another game that's not Virginia Tech and it's not Miami, and then there's probably some really crazy I'm sure there's some, yeah. Maybe there is. No, actually, probably not because they don't have the tiebreaker against North Carolina. Mm, okay. Because Carolina beat them. So that that's – the third loss is probably it in conference for, for the Canes. They, I think they have – they probably have to run the table. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll look at that. Um, um, yeah. No, Pitt is physical. We will talk more about Pitt on Thursday. Uh, they're, they're an interesting ball club for sure. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I just hit another 25 to one prize picks. I thought for sure Kyle Lowry was going to get another assist and, and screw me. Uh, bro, let's go. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know this. I don't even know some of these guys. Uh, Derek Lively, the second, less than 15 points and rebounds. Yeah, he had eight. That's a good one. Uh, Jimmy Butler, less than. Zion Williamson, less than. Jalen Williams, more than. Kyle Lowry, less than. And Luca. Who they they busted my my chops on cover three because I didn't know how to pronounce uh, Luke, mm-hmm. Luke, Luke Doncic, but now I know. Um, there you go, gross. More. Look at that. Let's go. Price picks is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was not following it live during the show. I was like, okay, I need to check. Oh this. yeah, I'm sure. No, never, never. <laughs> but uh, are you watching the World Series tonight? Uh, I'm not. No. Uh, not that I'm a, a big Braves fan, but uh, you know when they lost, I decided to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll listen. I, I like kind of listening to world to to baseball in general. I might put it on the radio. I had a guy on Twitter that gave me shit, and he, his Twitter bio said he was a uh, Lakers, Braves, Chiefs fan. Mm, like, yeah. Okay. Probably this maybe is... Duke basketball and you know Florida State or USC football <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Changes by the week. Yeah. yeah. Also, enter uh, Miami. No, um, okay, good. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so my son, the the four year old, because the Rays aren't in it, he's like, "Who should we root for?" I was like, "Well, you want to pick a team, or you just want to enjoy the game?" I let him stay up, watch a couple of innings, not all the game. We we'll watch a recap in the morning. You know what y'all are uh, costuming as tomorrow night? He is. Uh, He's got a couple. He's got like a Spider-Man. My mom sent him an awesome, like legit looking astronaut costume. I am going as whatever uh, my wife tells me to go as probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm dressing up. I got the golf cart. We have misplaced the pumpkin lights that hang around the golf cart. I have no idea what happened to those. That's uh, not really my totally my responsibility, but I probably will get blamed for, for it. I had not thought about it at all. I think I've still got a, a way to grab a couple of those for you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what's out there. Yeah, I, I need I need more uh, of those for sure. Um, a recruiting update. I talked a lot of recruiting on the last show. I, I thought, uh, look, recruiting is going well. Uh, you are squarely in the top five. I think you have an excellent chance to finish in the top five. I think with FSU's reputation uh, in, in you know, being a team that's very dependable uh, with Transfer Portal, you can supplement the recruiting with that and continue to take big swings in recruiting. Like they're doing a really nice job all the while, like continuing to evaluate exactly what this team needs to continue to get over the hump there, you know, be that uh, you know, approach or um, 
basically when I say like recruiting skill, I basically just mean like sales, recruiting and sales, right? So relationship building, all, all that kind of stuff. They're doing a really nice job. Uh, is there a chance that Keon goes for a thousand and Trey goes for a thousand? Yeah, I would, including the bowl games for sure. Although I don't think, I don't know if Keon would play in a bowl if it's not a, a playoff, obviously, like bowl. Bowl. No, I, I, I mean, well, whatever. Yeah. He's got 538 yards now. Uh, let's assume seven more games. That would include a semi. I don't know if you're going to win the semi. We'll see. Can he average like 70 yards, basically? I think so. Yeah, I, I 100% think so. Uh, so I, that that's that seems pretty doable. Trey Benson, again, can he average 70 yards? Especially if he pops one of these games where he's got like 170. Yeah, that would be uh, – uh, no, so seven games would be the natty. I apologize. So six. Yeah, it's a little tougher. I, I don't think it's out of the question both, both these guys can, can get to a 1,000. It'd be pretty cool. And Jordan, you know, get to 3,000 at least. You know, thirty and thirty and less than five. Nice little ratio you got going. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah, that's about all I got tonight. Got anything else? No, man. I think we'll uh, talk in a couple of days. We'll do the uh, pit preview. Look forward to that. Headed to the pit game myself. Should be a pretty good showing. Know a couple of our mutual friends uh, that are headed up there as well. So uh, be be a good time. Definitely. Nice. All right, man. I uh, will be seeing you. All right, brother. Talk soon.